Hi everyone and welcome back! This week on I'll Wait, I'm talking with my good friend and high school English teacher Bryce about how his first year is going. But first, this. So I would talk maybe a little louder. Okay. So... What did you have for fast? My fast was so fast and a lot of times after I eat it, I'll be full. And it's good because you don't really realize this in the nighttime but you like All right. Well, welcome Bryce. Hey so, why don't you tell everyone here a little bit about yourself? My name is Bryce. Uh, I'm a senior English teacher at my high school. This is my first year teaching, um, and it's been a long time coming. So, what was your first day like? Especially because you come from Subland, where when you walk in, it's just kind of like never known, and now you're setting the tone. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> My first day felt like I was a sub. To, um, yeah, I had like, you know, an activity planned and I was like, yeah, I'm going to hit them with this uh, activity and I'm not even going to give the syllabus my first day and it's going to be way out of left field and they're going to love it. And they were, they were into it, but it definitely was like, like, you know, now that I know the students, um, Half of them gave me the wrong name. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and like, you know, one kid's like talking in a British accent, which I, I could kind of tell was not <laughs> his accent. But um, but yeah, it, the next day I was like, okay, yeah, that definitely felt like a sub day because <laughs> because yeah, they they were uh, pretty crazy that first day. Yeah, I felt like I had a lot of work to do. Yeah. And I feel like that I did the same thing my first year teaching where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do a syllabus. I'm not even going to do a seating chart. Like, I'm, I'm going to come in here. Yes. And we're just going to gonna hash it out. Like, I'm your teacher. And then they're just like, okay, we're going to do this then. We're going to do this our way. Like, you think you're controlling it. And they're just right. like, no. <laughs> you're actually not. Right. Like, oh, yeah. It's, are you, have you ever had a punk rock teacher? Probably not. <laughs> and then they're like... Every teacher is the same, yeah. Yeah, they're like, you still are legally confining me somewhere. I would rather not be if I could control it. Right. I've said it before, but it bears repeating. Teaching is performing, and anyone who has prepared at length for something is familiar with those nerves. Bryce has four years of college, a year in Korea, and two years of subbing spent preparing for this moment. How did the buildup feel? So, was there anything you were nervous about with starting your first day? Yes just just every like everything um because it it was hard for me not to feel like the first day wasn't like the culmination of you know six years of like finding stuff on the internet mm -hmm. and like saving it for my future classroom and um you know all the stuff that I was so like amped up about my last year of college and telling everyone like this is my passion and stuff like that and then all of a sudden it was 
um, the day before students were coming, mm-hmm. and I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah, it's like sort of anticlimactic, yeah. but, but um, you know, I felt a little underprepared. Yeah. So. Were you able to sleep the night before? No. Like, no. I feel like every year I still have like anxiety dreams where like, yeah. It's not even like a specific thing. It's just like there's like a generic classroom mm-hmm. and then chaos. Or I like wake up at two and I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm asleep through my alarm. Yeah. And then you just keep doing that every half hour. Yes, dude. Yeah. I, um, yeah, absolutely. Like <laughs> I, I woke up, I think at like three mm-hmm. and I was like, it was, you know, that the feeling like when you wake up and you're like in the middle of the night and it's like three or four hours before you have to wake up and you're like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Like that day I was like, oh, this is so great. I can't, I'm so happy. I have four more hours. <laughs> like, it, it, it's it not here yet. Extreme. <laughs> yeah. In 2014, Bryce and I with our significant others moved to South Korea to teach for a year abroad. Bryce taught in public schools and I taught in a private kindergarten. To say that these experiences informed how we handle high school education might be an overstatement. I mean, come on, what 14-year-old doesn't love sitting in a circle and reading? So your first teaching job was actually in South Korea. So you graduated college, you moved across the ocean, and you taught ESL. And what what grade did you teach in um, Korea? It was K through six, mm-hmm. and one adult class a week where we sang English pop songs. Yeah. So. <laughs> We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But do you think any of the strategies you've got there have helped you with your high schoolers today? Really, man, I, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> like the the experience of like being in another place for the full year, that helps me daily. Um, but the strategies that I used with, you know, my kindergarten through sixth graders, um, just you know they don't always translate to to seniors yeah so like one thing I used to always do with my students in Korea was like play fight or um like staring contest and they they would translate to eyes fight and so I'd say you know Bryce teacher eyes fight (laughs) one two three go and like you know we would just stare at each other you know I don't know but um (laughs) I can't like fake play fight with um with seniors in high school no they're like i'm an adult yeah <laughs> they're, like, they're they're like no i'm not playing I'm like i will i will hit you i, I will wreck you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and just like how wacky um you like have to be uh as a as a representative of like a different culture because they see you on tv mm-hmm. in korea they don't you know, when you come into a classroom, you're like just that fictional character and you have to be that. Mm-hmm. And then here, um, it's, you know, they're so used to seeing people like me that it's just like, it's not as fun to have me in the room. Yeah. You're not, you're not a rarity that they're like excited to go, go see Bryce teacher. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah. And there's... I don't know. They don't bow to me when I <laughs> when I walk in the room and stuff like that. I which, suggested that to my students, and I they miss. just looked at me like, "No, hell no, no, <laughs> like, we oh. will not bow." It's like, okay, 
We will barely do the bell journal. <laughs> right. We, we won't say hi. Mm-mm. We're all going to sit at you and sit and stare at you for extended five minutes at a time. Yeah. But but the, the experience of like being um, away for the year and having that to like talk about all the mm-hmm. time and having that to compare um, with like life here is has like been super helpful yeah uh, i talk about my time in korea as much or more than my time in college you know it was yeah. that that uh you know um it opened up my mind like as much or more than i think college did yeah and i i don't know if the listeners know but like you were there yeah. with me yeah so you you get what i'm trying to say yeah and i mean especially you both teach the humanities yeah. So our content is based on human experience, mm-hmm. and it's hard not to interject. Living in a foreign country lets you view things from a strange perspective. Without a shared language, you find your own value in the things around you. Things you pass on the street are wondrous and new. South Korea may not have changed our teaching, but it did change how we view life. Korea like helped me to try to translate to the students that Translates probably the wrong word to use there, but it works. Like to let the students know that the the life that you're living like is interesting, and like when you walk through the day to day, like weird stuff happens. It's not yeah. it's not all the same every day, and that I didn't realize that until I came back from Korea mm-hmm. because while I was there, you know, I'd be like, what what is this person doing on the sidewalk? wow, Korea is so crazy. Whereas, like, here, I would take that for granted, I guess. You would just kind of look at them and be like, since it's you're in a casual light, you'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, they're right. just picking up trash. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where, yeah, and so it, it helped uh, It helped my Snapchat game. <laughs> it really and, and it just uh, made me realize, like, how weird it is to live in the place where I grew up and really appreciate the weirdness as well. Yeah. Yeah. People enter into teaching for a variety of reasons. Maybe they were inspired by an exemplar teacher, or maybe they thought this could be done better and I'm the one to do it. The list of reasons goes on and on. So why did Bryce choose teaching? What made him choose to take the plunge into this real strange profession? It's kind of a switch, but why did you choose English ed? Because I don't know if I've ever actually talked to you about this in our time as friends. Yeah. It's the first place where I was able to um, like feel like really confident that I was like one of the best in the room at this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, would, I was trying basketball and stuff and you know, I was a ferocious defender but I couldn't dribble with my left hand. Um, <laughs> I can't and, dunk, so it's yeah, fine. and we all know that uh, this is this is uh, just a PSA. Mark can't dunk, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, no. It, it, so English, like, was where I started to be able to talk about myself, and I realized, oh, like, I kind of like, I kind of like doing that. I kind of like um, showing people like what's going on in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and in like eighth grade, uh, I had an English teacher named Mr. Ford, mm-hmm. and he was just like, 
just way too cool to be an eighth grade English teacher. No, no offense, eighth grade English teachers, but he had like a Bushisms calendar, like a daily thing where like he would tear it off and he would read us a quote that like our president <laughs> like said. And, you know, I don't know, it kind of like got that started in us. And, uh, he called my mom in for a, a, like a conference one time. And leading up to that, my mom was always like, being called in because I had a lot of what's called conduct issues in <laughs> elementary school. Like checkbox needs self-control, yes. that type of stuff. Yeah. And like just stories that I don't even remember, like teachers would tell my mom that I would like go under the computer desk and like not come out, um, you know, and be just really, uh, act out a lot. And I had a really difficult time with a lot of teachers in elementary school. Mm-hmm. So my mom gets this call and he's like, you need to come in. Um, we have to talk about your son. And so my mom sits down and she's ready to kind of like defend me. Mm-hmm. My mom is one of those moms. Yeah. Like, and he's like, I just, I just really like your son. Um, he has some kind of thing with English and he's a natural writer and all this stuff. And, you know, it was the first time that someone was telling me like you have uh a a talent basically and so I kind of ran with that you know when you are young and someone tells you hey you have like cool fashion sense or you know you sing really well or Mm -hmm. something like that like you kind of cling to that yeah do you think also because it was a teacher that told you that kind of pushed you into education not just like I'm going to be an author yeah right yeah, yeah, definitely that. And it it got me, um, I was one of the first kids in my class to start to be like, hey, teachers are kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have, they're paying attention to us. Yeah. yeah. I think I never had that transition of teachers are kind of cool because I was raised by a teacher. Ooh. And so, sorry, mom. I, I think it was more just like, I mean, you know it, and I'm sure you're seeing it. Like, I have the urge to shush people in public when someone else is trying to talk. And I think it's really because of teaching. Like, I'm so used to dictating the energy of a room. Yeah. And because I had a mom who was a teacher, she was used to dictating the energy of the house. Mm-hmm. And my mom also teaches second grade. Ooh. So as a 14-year-old, <laughs> and you have a mom using second grade disciplinary strategies. <laughs> I was expecting her to flip my card. Um, I think it's cool that as a young person, you were pushing, like, they're actually paying attention. I mean, and those are weird moments as teachers when you hear a kid say that. Yeah. Because you're kind of used to that. I mean, I, not even taking it as a, uh, a negative thing. Just, like, when a kid's just being disrespectful for the sake of being, like, 15 years old. Yeah. I'm always just kind of like, okay. But then, like, when you hear a kid being like, guys, you should probably honestly listen. They're trying to help. I'm like, who are you? Like, what are you doing? Like, why? Thank you, but why? Yeah, and and it's weird. Like, that that student is mm-hmm. always, like, having a really bad day. And, like, that's yeah. how that comes out. Yeah. They're like, I've had enough of, like, these kids. And, and they're like, let's listen, guys. And it's because they're, like, they're pissed off from something yeah. that happened earlier <laughs> in the day. It's and weird. I love that the reaction depends on the kid because if you get a kid everyone else likes... Or is afraid of. Mm-hmm. Everyone will be quiet. But then, but then if it's like the unfortunate kid who just decided this was their moment 
and the rest of the class just doesn't think it is, <laughs> and they're like, shut up! And yeah. Just like, and then it makes even more problems, oh, and you're God. like, you're like, Jada, thanks for trying. Yeah. Uh, you fought the good fight, but I got this. I'm paid to do this. Right. <laughs> yeah, I always have to like remind them like. Hey, I I went to school a lot of time for this. Like, yeah, let me do me. We all remember the over-the-top teacher, the examples that earned eye rolls or inward chuckles while we were sitting in our desks desperately waiting for the bell. We bring our embarrassing moments as examples that lock students in. Trust me, this is a real strategy. <laughs> the other day, I was saying to students. We were we were crafting like elevator pitches, elevator uh-huh. speech, where you, you know the goal is to like sell yourself in thirty seconds. Um, and I was like, you know, let me be like the bad example. Like I'm so terrible at this. You know, when I interviewed at you know whatever school it was, and they told me to tell a little bit about myself. Oh, yeah. uh, my answer was, um, hey, I I'm a I'm a great host. I. <laughs> Which is not even true. And if we can't find a good example, sometimes it's just a good call for quiet. So many times I'm just like in front of the room and just like right now, pausing and being like, what was I trying to teach you? See, I don't tell you guys those parts of the story. Like there's so many times, so that's why I sound so yeah, like, like witty. Cause it's, it's really like, I'll stare at my kids and like, especially with being history, there's so many like volatile political things I can bring up. Mm. And I go, you know when? Never mind. I'm not gonna talk about it. And they're like, what are you gonna talk about? I was like, already forgot. <laughs> and it's true. It's just yeah. like it's gone. Yeah. And no. because it's like in my mind, it's like I have an inappropriate filter. Yeah. And if it checks off, it just dumps. Like <laughs> it's an automatic trash bin. Yeah. And I'm I'm. I would like to personally apologize for asking you to tell you about yourself then at the beginning. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm sure if you rewind and look at that, it will be a bad answer. I feel like every teacher gets an interview question within like the first one mm-hmm. that you weren't prepared for yeah. and you completely fall flat on it and you walk out and you're like, that's not the job for me. Like they asked me at my first interview ever. I was all amped up, like this was like this was gonna be like my future. I was gonna move out to this place, and that's what I was gonna do. And then uh, they were like, "Can you give us three words to describe yourself?" And I was like, "Well, driven, empathetic, and then apparently everything in my brain dumped out, and I was just like, awesome." <laughs> and they just looked at me, and they're like. Immediately, I could see in their faces, like, we are not going to hire you. <laughs> like, you, you're, <laughs> you're done. Like, we don't want the awesome teacher. <laughs> okay, thank you. We'll be in touch. Yeah, yeah. we'll be in touch. You're like, no, you won't. My, my problem with that question is I'm always like, okay, I need to answer with three words that start with the letter C. And, you know, I'll be like, calm, confident. And, you know, I don't really know, I can't think of any other words that start with the letter C, and they're like, you know, any, you know, there are other words you could could try. (laughs) At least you weren't like, kind, starts with a K. (laughs) At this point in the year, the honeymoon is over. The kids are all excited to leave for summer, and it's October. So what challenges does Bryce think he's going to see this year now that the honeymoon's done and the kids have shown up for good, for better or for worse? 
What do you think is going to be the most challenging part of your year? Like looking at your kids so far. Mm-hmm. Or not even your kids. I mean, because the kids, you'll have the kids that are really good now. And then third quarter, they will be your bad kids. It's like, I feel like my students have a two quarter limit on good behavior. They're yeah. like, I've already given you everything I got. Yeah. Now you've just got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I think, um, since I'm a fan of the podcast, I've listened <laughs> And I think you were talking with Natalie about, like, the adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. That's going to be, I think, the difficult part for me because I'm trying to focus so much on, like, leaving work at work. And I know this is the wrong profession to try to do that, but I I really want to for the sake of, like, you know, my happy weekend or my happy evening with my wife or whatever. Right. Um, shout out to Elena. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, so I have, um, first period and, and then I have second period off and then I have third period, which is like my, like kind of crazy inclusion class. And then I have fourth period off and fourth period. I like, I'm always planning to do so much because I get so much, um, thrown at me in third period that I, a huge to, to do list Mm -hmm. forms. And like you were saying, like the adrenaline of third period forces me to like just scroll through my phone. Yeah. And like not not get anything done. And that's like just such good time to get stuff done. And it brings on the anxiety too where like, because mm-hmm. I mean, we almost have the same schedule, which is funny, but like it's my third period's inclusion as well and it's huge. Yeah. And so then, but I have a fourth period class after that and fifth period, um, is my duty, but I can kind of do stuff during it. Mm. And I feel like my energy's ebbing so much. And it's like, it's like a physical mental exhaustion. Like you've been, you've been gripping onto a cliff for like 50 minutes and you're just like, I kind of, yeah, I need a second. And it's, it stinks because like, if you're endeavoring to keep your work life separate from your home life, which is admirable, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, because that's a, that's a thing that's important. Yeah. Then you have like the additional thing that you're like, and now I'm going to go home and I promised I would do this for my wife, but now I have to grade like 10, 15 papers that I could have done at the time. Yeah, and like the train just like doesn't stop. No. Like, you know, you don't just have like your next class coming. You're you're preparing yourself to like give a presentation. You give six presentations mm-hmm. a day, you know, whether they're 10 minutes or 40 minutes like you have to be pretty on yeah like yeah. even your best class when they get blood in the water and they realize that like you're weak from a previous class mm-hmm. they're just like this is the day we won't be your good class yeah like i know it's my first period class those kids are on and i realize it's because nothing has happened to me yet in that day mm-hmm. like no one's cussed me out i haven't seen any freshmen yet yeah <laughs> and so like, I love that class. And then, like, my eighth period class, I'm just, like, the product in my hair is even stressed out. Like, I just look <laughs> wild. And so, like, when they leave the classroom, I just kind of stare at the door just, like, vibrating. I'm just, yeah, like... Exactly. <sighs> like, long exhale. It's like the Netflix... Uh, if you mute it and it has subtitles, it just says screaming. Like, that's, <laughs> yes. kind, of, that's kind of my stare at 2.30 every day. Yeah, and... Like any profession, a solid mentor can be a difference between an experience you can learn from and one you would rather forget. 
One kind conversation where you feel inspired to change how you operate. Sometimes, only a veteran who has spent enough days puzzling out these questions can help you grow. Remember folks, there is no I in teacher. And it's really, it's really hard to, the other thing that like, I think it's going to be difficult is like not using all of my like amazing resources and support uh, that is at the school, mm. in my life, you know, so much of, um, you know, what I tell people about work and stuff is just how crazy it is when I, I don't always um, let them in on like how they could help me out mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Um, and all of the other teachers, the English teachers in my uh, school have been doing it for a long time and they're like, you know, legends and I just forget to like go ask them like, hey, what do you do when you're teaching Beowulf? And you yeah, know, they have, they're so willing to like give it up. Most of, most of the stuff like that I get from um, whoever I like perk up and ask mm -hmm. is like really good. Oh yeah. And especially when you feel like you're drowning, it's yeah. essentially they're giving you that buoy. I, and I just like forget about that all the time mm. and how much uh, they are like willing to be there for me. Mm. It's really humbling. One of the most frustrating answers a new teacher can get to a question is, you'll figure it out in time. Who wants to wait that long to improve? But unfortunately, yeah. Any of you education students out there, there is truth to it. Some of these things you're only going to learn with time. But that puts you in a weird situation. Yeah, like to each their own, yeah. very like, oh, you have to like kind of find your style. And Like what other career says that? Like imagine if you went to a business owner mm. and you're like, well, how did you balance your checkbook for the business? And they're like, oh, just, you'll figure it out. Like how, how successful would a business be? Right, yeah, you, you, and it's, it's just that, it's a very weird like paradox because you feel thrown to the wolves, but you also feel like you have to go it alone. Like, because everyone else has and they tell you you should. Yeah and, yeah, and yeah, and it's true. Though. It is, that's, and the, it, that's thing. the thing, there's no, there's, the more you get into it, the more you realize that's the most appropriate answer. Like, I would never tell you to do something I do, mm -hmm. classroom discipline-wise, because especially if the kids know that that's not you, and they know that you don't believe it, they're gonna revolt even harder than if you just tried something that was organically yours. Yeah. Like, I try to be a hardcore disciplinarian, like yeah. my third year teaching, and I just couldn't do it because I'm not that strict. I didn't like what it was doing to the kids. Like I could see they were getting upset. And so then there was like this internal rioting where I was upset with what was happening with me and then the reactions I saw in the class. And then my students were upset because chill teacher was gone yeah. and there's like this dude who's just cranky all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely always this, you know, different, this uh, big space between like the teacher, your you're being like day to day mm -hmm. and the one that you planned to be like you know in your lesson plan and the one that you want to be yeah. like ideally i think that's why they talk about reflection and mindfulness being so big for teachers yeah so i feel like if you i know i did this where i set the standard too high and so like i almost left education like my second year of teaching in the states because i was just like I'm not hitting this. And it sounds like I'm compromising values, but it was more of a, 
a thing where I'm just like, okay, this actually doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, that's not going to be who I am mm -hmm. as a teacher. Um, and that was kind of like my come to Jesus education moment where I was just like, what you're doing is fine. You can't like measure it, but it is, it's weird because there's that human connection that it's, a, it's really a cult of personality. Yeah. Like that's why I think it's so hard when they tell people to do strategies because there's some personalities a strategy will never work with. Yeah, like, at some point, like, you know, I can talk to you mm. and, you know, my department chair about all the things, like, you know, that help you and uh, things that you think would help me. And then mm. at some point, it's the middle of the period and you're like, guys, like, you know, let me get the attention of the class. And, like, you're you're alone. Like, you, mm. you prepare for it and you talk to all these people and you reflect. But, like, in that moment... Yeah, you know, it's, you're kind you. of just out there. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like that's a sometimes it's like a risky place to be too. Yeah. So I feel like that's the most times I've made mistakes where like I'll think about it later and I'm like, I could have handled that a lot better. Like, I always feel like there's like a definite fork in the road of like, okay, this moment right here is gonna go great, mm -hmm. or this whole classroom is gonna burn down around me and I'm just gonna have to like try and mitigate my losses at some point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's very familiar. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I just got anxious. <laughs> so what surprised you most about coming into a new classroom? Um, what surprised me most is just like a little bit continuing what we were just saying is like how how like you prepare so much but then you know you're kind of just there in the moment mm -hmm. like that that really surprised me how you know I can go around the room several times saying like okay and you know this is fifth period so you know that your uh finished work goes in which folder and everyone's like blue I'm like right <laughs> and if you need a pencil where do you go to find it this Staples. Student station. <laughs> right. And and so, um, and then, you know, come the end of the class and they're like, hey, where's this, where's this paper go? And it's like, yeah, well, we talked about it. You, you said blue. You promised. Yeah. You knew this. Um, that, that is what was like surprising to me. Just like how, how like, oh man trying to say how much like when you're lesson planning you're like this is fire this is going to <laughs> like they are going to love poetry mm. after this they're gonna understand phyllis wheatley as like the greatest sneak disser to ever live and they are gonna take this and be like have you guys heard of phyllis wheatley like she's incredible <laughs> and yeah, and then it's yeah. like, they're like, what is she talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's always a sad moment when you come in so hyped for something. And for me, it's like when I used to do a lot of lessons with PowerPoints, because like that was the world I lived in for like two years. Mm -hmm. I would endeavor, I would probably waste more time finding funny pictures online to put on my slides that had nothing to do with the slide. Me too. Or, th or thinking about puns. Uh-huh. Um, Puns or like little anecdotes, like you know, like, you know, blah blah blah. So put some respect on my name, and like, oh, they're gonna love that. They're gonna think. And then that's they just so look funny. at you like, yeah. And you realize that you're not cool. <laughs> and uh, 
I mean, like the thing for me is like, I would do these things. I'm just like, you know what? This is going to make them like, they're going to be inspired. Like they are going to care about politics. They're going to care about whatever. Like they're going to remember who Thomas Hobbes was and who John Locke is because of my Hobbes Locke and Drop It slideshow. <laughs> and when I looked at, when I taught AP Gov class, I looked at the sections and there was like a section I was like, about those philosophers and they got like nothing correct. I'm like, what? But Hobbs, Locke, Hobbs, Locke and, and Drop It. Come on. That was a great day. Yeah, I have to like sometimes back up and be like, okay, yes, I am the leader of this room, mm-hmm. but you know, every day for 25 pe- other people, I'm, I'm not going to have the most important things to say. And yeah. that was like, a, you know, that's a difficult part of like my whole life, you know, like I, you know, if I'm, if I'm playing in like a, a band or whatever and at practice and I'm like, Hey, I think it'd be a good idea if this happened, you know, in the song. And if it falls flat, then I really uh, beat myself up about mm-hmm. it because I'm like, that really was a good idea. Why didn't they feel that too, mm-hmm. you know? And again, that's the personality thing too. If it's like, especially when you have a big class, um, even if you have half of them, mm-hmm. you still have the other half that is just like, not doing it for me. Because mm-hmm. essentially we're performing yeah. Like we are we are caricatures, we are comics, we are every motivational conference that people pay four hundred dollars to go to on a weekend. Right. Like we're we're all wrapped up in one. That is how I see myself. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. What's that what's that guy's name? Tim Robbins or whatever? Ken Ken Robinson? Oh I don't know. Oh Tim Robbins is another one too. Yeah. yeah. Somebody somebody totally. with a very well groomed goatee and black shirt and a small microphone. I feel like every time I get up there, especially when we're talking social issues, Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is your moment, guys. You're Mm going to be enlightened. I'm going to change this 16-year-old whose biggest concern is how many people have watched their Snap story Mm -hmm. into a political activist, for Mm -hmm. better or for worse. And then when they're still on their phone, I'm like, "Ah." (laughs) like, no, I had you. Christopher Columbus is exciting. Like I had a kid yell at me. On Friday, we were debating if Columbus Day should be celebrated. Yeah. It's like, I don't even celebrate that. Like, what are you even supposed to do for it? And I was just like, he's right. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. And like, I got so offended. I'm like, you weren't even <laughs> listening. I know. That's not what I was <laughs> like, saying. All right, dude, listen. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I would be like the best tutor that ever lived. Right. But. Um, you also like making a living. Yeah. Yeah, right. Because, <laughs> yeah, man, one-on-one, I'm killing it. Mm-hmm. I, like, I'm, like, seeing the light bulbs come on. Mm-hmm. But when I'm in front of the classroom, I'm like, okay, I, yep, okay, I have about four people. <laughs> I yeah. Have, yeah. And they're and even they're kind of looking at you like, please you, hurry. And you've got the one kid who really likes you, who's being really polite. And they're like, I've got your back, Bryce. Right. And then you've got the one kid who's like, today... I'm going to try because you said you're going to talk to my coach. Mm-hmm. And then the two others that have just decided to be on board are they're just good students in general. And then the rest of the kids are looking around like, so what time is class over? And you're just like, the same time as yesterday. Right. Okay? It is on the board. Okay, Jenny, <laughs> we've talked about this. 
So here we are, the last couple questions. So I asked Bryce, what excites him most about teaching and also the culminating question of this entire project. What does he want people to know about teaching? The things that excite me the most um, are definitely like how quickly and how easily it is to like um, make a real personal relationship with students. Mm -hmm. Like it only takes like 30 seconds one-on-one, especially outside of class. And it's like, whoa, you know, that, that has been like the thing I've been most happy about is like how easy that has been uh, to establish rapport with students because it's always been like my top priority and I've always had so much planning and like going into it. How do I produce like the best classroom environment Mm -hmm. and everything like that? And, you know, and then to come come to find out, like, oh, it's just like stop in the hall, like yeah. one time, yeah, and that is it. And it and it can be, you know, like, um, you know, where they're like you were saying, they're not like political activists or they have like no real interest in, um, you know, poetry uh, from before the Revolutionary War, <laughs> but. But they do super care about, you know, their game that night. And all I have to do, super easy, is just say, like, yo, like, how was your game? And, you know, that's, like, no issue with me to just be like, oh, it's okay. I'm going to talk about this for one second. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's letting them be humans, right? Yeah. Because we, with the way education's gone, um it's become data points and reading levels and Lexile scores, which is the same thing, Mm -hmm. and everything else. Um, And I think even when we were in school, which wasn't that long ago, um, I feel like there was a lot more time given to let you just be a kid and let you be a person and and let a Friday night football game be important to you. Mm -hmm. And that that was a very valid thing for your social structure, for your your delicate 16-year-old ego and everything else. And I feel like we get lost in the whole thing of, I've got 40 kids. I I need to have 75% of them to graduate. Yeah. Um, If I know their name, that's cool. And I I feel like that's kind of where, for a lot of people, it's gone. And I know I feel that pressure. Yeah. Where you you just have to grind so hard to get it all. Especially because seniors, I mean, you've got the biggest responsibility of us all. If we we messed up, you're, you're the last line. Right? Yeah. Like, because especially if you have a kid, which unfortunately happens, it needs like three classes from a variety of years they have to pass. And it's like, they're like, well, this is his senior class. So obviously he has passed this too. And right. so you're like right there. And, and yeah, and the goal a lot of times for that student is for them to graduate with their cohort, which yeah. it's like, that, that, that has been like surprising too. Mm-hmm. It's just like how how much like they are seeing it as like a day-to-day thing mm-hmm. and not seeing it as like a big picture right yeah especially like, i mean who can look at a big picture when you're 18. so one thing i want people to know about teaching is that um we are like kind of in the uh trenches like day-to-day and when you're there how many decisions you have to make Mm -hmm. and that teaching is 
such a, you know, it, it's so different from like what you prepare for your whole time in college and then what you prepare for for that week. And it's just every day is so um, varied and so, um, you know, it's like very much chaos like every day, even mm. if it's a really great day. You know, mm. you still make a thousand decisions in 45 minutes. So I want people to know that so that um, teachers will get a little bit more credit on, you know, just how um, how big, like, and how messy, like, the web really is. Because mm-hmm. um, there's so much behind-the-scenes stuff, like data and yeah. all that. It is not... You know, so, so much of what people um, assume and imagine about teachers is you're up there and you're like giving a presentation and you're attentive you're yeah and like so many uh parents that i talk to like as far as they're concerned is like are you respected like are you know are you if they're talking to their kid like are you respecting mr wood like is is that like and that's kind of it yeah it's not are you learning Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i feel like the perfect image for teachers is that sound of music meme where her arms are spread out but sets the mountain on fire yeah and that's essentially that's the day-to-day of just like i've got a smile yeah i'm doomed yeah right yeah like yeah you will never come home and be like today was busy because that is so the norm yeah like i'm just busy like and you're more confused when it's quiet Mm mm-hmm Oh almost, my god! And yeah. you want to say something? You're like, "Are you guys? Are you fine? Is yeah. it? Is something wrong?" And they're like, "No." I'm like, "What? Yeah. What like, are you doing?" I stood <laughs> up in my fifth period the other day, and because they were just like typing up their rough drafts, and like I walked around, and that just really was what they were doing. Like they were not on some other website. They weren't really on their phones. They were just doing what they were supposed to do, and so. Like you said, like I was, I stopped for a moment and I was like, hey, I just want to, you know, thank you guys for, for, you know, just doing what you were yeah. supposed to do today. I really, really appreciate it. And they look at you like you're absurd. Like, this is what I always do. And you're like, no, it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's and, and <laughs> no, you know, <laughs> like no, everyone did look up and they were just like, hmm. and one kid was like, you're welcome. And and just went back to doing their thing. And then you're terrified that it's gonna change right after you said that. Yeah. No, they're they're a good class. They're yeah. they're awesome. But that's cool. It's strange. All right, man. Whew. Yeah. That's uh that's another episode in the books. Yeah, baby. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'll wait is written, produced, and edited by me, Mark Hoffman. Music by Bryce Wood. To hear more from Bryce, go to bugwolf.bandcamp.com. Editing assistance by Lauren Ash. And special thanks to Bryce for coming on the show. Remember to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts. Contact information is listed in our episode description. And as always, I'm Mark Hoffman, and thanks for waiting.